Welcome to Between the Fur. I'm Ken, and as a professional mascot, I need professional costumes, right? People always ask me, who makes your costumes? I tell them Alinko Costumes in Salt Lake City. Alinko makes just about everything for me, and they do an amazing job. Alinko not only builds costumes, they have a design service that's free, and they also service their costumes as well. However, now the largest and oldest costume company in the U.S. just turned it up a notch by bringing on my friend John Absey, formerly the Jazz Bear, to help with product development, processes, sales, and quality control. Hey, if you need a costume done right from the very start, don't waste time or money. Call Alinko. That's spelled A-L-I-N-C-O. And get it done right. As a professional mascot, one of the hardest things is finding creative props and toys to use while you're performing. It's hard unless you visit the store at GameOps.com. My friends over at GameOps.com have dozens of mascot-related products. Okay, here's an example. You're working on a proposal skit. They have a giant engagement ring prop to make the joke even bigger. There's plenty more at the store, so visit the store, GameOps.com, and take a look. It's awesome, man. They have everything. Check it out. Yeah. Oh, there you are. There you are. How are you? I'm glad I'm here because I'm definitely not all there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Oh, my gosh. Well, good to hear your voice and uh, good to reconnect with you, man. Taylor Griswold. In the building. In yes, the building. Yeah. <laughs> man, how are you? I'm fantastic, man. So excited to be sitting here between the furs. Between the yes. Furs. <laughs> what are you wearing? <laughs> a smile. How about you? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I talked to Bill Roth and he's like, yeah, I'm just sitting here in my boxers, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which is better than what uh, Robert Bodwin said. He said he was sitting there in his birthday suit, so. Hey, there you go. Yeah. See, I, I uh, well, my dad told me I had a face for mascotting, so uh, I think I belong in the costume rather than <laughs> rather see <laughs> see me in the suit than I'm in the suit. Oh, that's right. My father said I have a voice for mascotting. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah, stick to that. <laughs> well, and it's funny because I get. I get asked to speak all the time, actually, and it's interesting. I, I'm like, hey, you, you know, I get paid to not speak right <laughs> i know I, I was thinking the same thing I, when i was thinking about talking to you, i was like man how funny is it that the podcast is centered around people who don't talk for a living talking about their living it's like yeah exactly but uh you know what it seems like everybody else is a better speaker than i am though everybody flows pretty well and can no, tell stories great. and things so you're but, a great storyteller what are you talking about you're, you're ah thanks man i'm thanks I, I appreciate it i'm i'm looking for compliments at this point so <laughs> <laughs> I'll take all of it I can get. Yes. Keep them coming. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so let me introduce you. This is Taylor Griswold who formerly was Hooper in the NBA Hooper for the Detroit Pistons. And uh, we go back a ways and good friend. And uh, we've been, uh, we've been around a while and I just, I was thinking, gosh, the other day, you know what? I have got to get Griswold on here. So thanks, man. I appreciate you being here. Yes. He ran out of good mascots to talk to. So I am here. No, here no, no. The gap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just finally getting to the good stuff. Yes. So yes. Taylor's a pro. And I'll tell you what, he, he got into, uh, 
the Pistons, what, in, let's see, 2004? That's right. I've known you, gosh, 15 years now, man. It's been a long Dang. time. Uh, yeah, started time. out uh, at Auburn, did uh, Aubie at Auburn for a couple of years, and just that's that flipped my switch, man. I fell in love with it, didn't want to do anything else. And uh, a friend of mine said, man, can you, uh, like, have you ever thought about going pro? And I was like, that's a thing? That's a job? <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing? Uh, you know, when you're in, in high school and you take those aptitude tests, it's like, hey, you want to be a doctor, lawyer, policeman, whatever. There's no, there's no check the box to be uh, for a gun and costume. <laughs> so I, I definitely had no idea that that was going to be uh, God's plan for my life. But man, I'm so thankful how it worked out because I was, I was just that kid with all the weird hobbies growing up. I was into magic and juggling and I rode a unicycle instead of a bike and I had I was doing gymnastics and dance and karate and acting and just art, like music, anything creative that I could get my hands on, anything that was performance-based. I was like, I got to try it. I want to do it. Uh, any kind of stunts or whatever. I was just that crazy kid that seemed completely aimless <laughs> and had a whole <laughs> bunch of useless hobbies or seemingly useless hobbies that definitely didn't amount to any kind of career. Um, and then, yeah, along came college and a friend of mine, encouraged me to try out to be uh, to the mascot at Auburn. And I, I never, never even thought about it, but I was like, oh yeah, that's a cool character. And man, first time I put that head on and ran out there in front of a thousand people, I was just yeah, at the audition, I was just hooked. And uh, that was it for me. All it took was just one time in suit and I was addicted and had to, had to do it, had to have it. And it was really the perfect outlet for everything creative that I love to do. Everything that I grew up uh, interested in, all of my interests, all my useless hobbies, they were this, they were, it was just one perfect outlet. I got to do them all through, uh, through mascotting and people enjoyed watching it. So for me, it was, man, it was like this perfect open door. And I feel like kind of God answered a prayer and showed me there was a plan. You know, is it, I, I hear this same thread right through everything. Uh, all these other guys that we've talked to, that I've talked to, you know, it's, it's the jack of all trades, master of none. I think we all have that same yes. thread running through us that we were bouncing off the walls. We were into this and that. And, and, you know, even, even me, I, you know, I, I wanted so bad to learn how to ride a unicycle. I finally got a <laughs> unicycle and then practice and practice and practice. I was, I was horrible at it. I thought it would come faster than that, easier than that. But I still practiced that, and and who knew that years and years later I'd be on a on a basketball court in front of thousands of people riding my unicycle, <laughs> you know? And <laughs> right, right. Like, who knew? Yeah, plan that. Yeah. I started flipping you know, over kids at school in third grade to show off for my girlfriend. <laughs> you know, hey, line up, you guys! I'm gonna flip over you, Jennifer. Hey, baby, check this out. You know, and oh, hey, I got to tell you something exciting that happened to me this week. I, oh, yeah. I think it's all of a sudden about me, but I got to tell you, I'm so excited about this. I, after I got off the phone with this guy, I did the happy dance, uh, ran in the house and, and uh, you know, grabbed my wife and was like, guess who I just talked to? So I got a wild hair to, this week, looked up my childhood hero, Robert Shields from Shields and Yarnell, who were mimes. And uh, just famous mimes and, you know, back at the Merv Griffin show and, you know, Vegas. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, uh, they had their own variety show and everything. And I used to be glued to them. And they're the ones that actually got me into mime. I would paint my oh. face up like Robert yeah. Shields and I would do mime. I would do talent shows. And I got this wild hair to call him up. I'm like, I'm going to look him up on the Internet. His number was there. <laughs> I'm not? like, you got to be kidding me. I called him up on the way home thinking, you know, I'll get some kind of recording or whatever. 
all of a sudden it's just hello i'm like hey hi you know i'm i'm trying to reach robert shields who is this i'm like uh this is ken you know i'm like hey uh and i started to explain who i was and everything and i said i just want to reach out and say thank you uh to robert for uh you know the influence that he's had in my life and blah 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 he goes well, you're welcome. I'm like, am I talking to the, I'm talking to you. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Yeah. This like is all the same happened. guy who was, he was discovered by Marcel Marceau. Like yeah. uh, Shields yeah. was, uh, he was, he was like the, uh, I mean, practically the originator of the robot move, dance move. Yes. Yes, yes, and yes. yes. Oh yes. Incredible. I was looking last night on the internet with um, him with uh, Marcel. Uh, there's mm-hmm. pictures all over of him and, and uh, Shields and Yarnell and, and, and Marcel. Amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't yeah. believe you knew that. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, cause he was, uh, um, man, when I was in, uh, high school, I guess he, uh, he was in ringling brothers. He was doing, uh, right. he was clowning, clowning a ringling. Yeah. No, trust me. I, uh, I'm saying, wait, I've, I've been inspired and influenced by all kinds of people, whether it's mimes or magicians or actors or dancers or jugglers. Uh, you, you like you said, the Jack, Jack of all trades, master of fun, you, you just pick all these little, uh, influences in your life and they they impact your career in ways that you could have never imagined sometimes it's just learning one little move or one little trick or one joke or um, from somebody that you take years later and you're like wow you know 10 years later I can't believe I'm applying that skill that seemed like it was uh, a random acquaintance but uh, right. yes yes guys like him <laughs> I mean miming and mascotting there's there's definitely some you know and clowning and all these different things it's it's non-speaking it's non-verbal communication and comedy and improv and so yeah i can totally see how that translates for you as a kid as little little ken <laughs> <laughs> well you should see pictures of me i got the face i got the whole outfit i got the my mom made me a little jumpsuit anyways okay so <laughs> back it. to you man <laughs> so no, just, man. i just had to share i was so excited about that man this it would just it just made my day and he said hey yeah if you're ever down here he lives way outside of in the middle of nowhere in arizona uh, kind of in between Flagstaff and Phoenix. And he's like, yeah, if you're ever down here in the neighborhood, let's go grab some coffee. I'm like, I, I'm going to take you up on that. However I can get there, I want to sit down with you. And uh, I, I also told him of the story of the time I was in college, and I actually ended up in a hot tub with him after one of his performances at the school I was at. So <laughs> crazy, <laughs> random. Okay, I'm getting off the subject here. Anyway, so... I guess it would have been a creeper if he was like, oh, yeah, I remember that day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, the hot tub of 92, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, just to think about it, though, now you're, you know, 30 years into your career here, and you're going to be, you're that kind of influence now with, you know, a younger generation, a younger group that look up to you now as an inspiration and have watched you on YouTube and social media and live at games and, uh, so now it's cool that, you know, guys like us who, you know, uh, have been, been there a bit get to hopefully impact uh, some younger folks that are looking to have a career in entertainment. Well, it's funny that you say that because I got off the phone with him thinking, you know what, is I've actually gotten a few calls like that and, mm-hmm. you know, know. kind of just, you know, made me feel good and everything. Uh, but gosh, then all of a sudden I was realizing, man, it must be really, really a, a a rush old the people that i've talked to you know and and that have you know looked up to me and things like that and so i don't know it was it was kind of a cool moment for me and and i i i have always hoped and wanted to be an influence and you know for good and right. it, it was just a nice moment anyways but 
Yeah. You sound uh, you sound like Spider Man with with great power comes great responsibility. Yes. Spiderkin. Spiderkin. Oh my gosh. Okay, so you went there. You started out as Abby, and you yeah, fell in love uh, with it right away. Immediately, but, it was I was hooked, and then uh, I had you know I had some really fun times there. I mean, gosh, there were uh, man. I think about. Uh, uh, attending Charles Barkley's 40th birthday party in Atlanta. He was filming his uh, show on TNT and they flew me in from Auburn and because he, you know, he briefly played at Auburn a little bit before going to the NBA. Man, his, uh, his favorite food, Charles Barkley's all-time favorite food is Twinkies. And they, they were like, okay, you got to make him a Twinkie cake. And I'm gonna have, we're going to have Aubie come out during the show and surprise him with this Twinkie cake. So I, I'm stacking Twinkies in the back, in the back, just making them like pounds and pounds of them, just big old piles. And so we have this giant Twinkie cake. They play the Auburn Fight song. Here I come, rolling out with it. And he's like, oh, it's Aubie. And you know, he's all excited. And uh, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know, gosh, 21, 20, 2021. I think I'm going to be this funny, you know, funny mascot. I got my big first moment on national TV. So I grab a Twinkie. And I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smash it in Charles Barkley's face on national TV. It's going to be awesome. And uh, I'm going to make a moment here. And, <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm a dumb college kid, right? I'm like, oh, forget it. You know, ask uh, forgiveness, not permission, right? So right. <laughs> I, grab, I grab the top Twinkie off the cake. At, by the way, little in fact about Charles, at that time when he was filming my show, this was in, gosh, um, early 2000s, they calculated, they estimated that he had, he had eaten over 25,000 Twinkies in his life. What? Like the man was pounding them down just in the dozens every day, every day. So I'm not even joking. This is how many Twinkies the man has uh, eaten. So I grab a Twinkie. I know Charles. I, I didn't know this. Oh, oh my yeah. god! Twinkie I obsessed. I put my left hand behind his head, you know, give him a little pat on the back, grab that ticket with my right hand, and I just shoved it right in his mouth, just right in his face. And I thought, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be funny here, right? The man inhaled the entire thing in a single gulp, not a drop of of mess on his face. He inhaled the entire thing in one bite. <laughs> no. Like, Way. I was stunned. I was just sitting there, speechless. Just well, obviously, I had to be speechless on the mascot, but <laughs> I just, I just <laughs> stared at him like in awe like what did i just witness here so yeah he just slurped it down i was like mm, that was good all so um, <laughs> <laughs> but, anticlimactic. Uh, wah, 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 wah. i know i was like well so much for my big moment but then afterwards uh we had a great time filmed this show i go change i'm hanging out in the control room you know, hanging out with his, his staff he comes in sits down just you know shoot the bull hanging out with me and then um i guess uh a few minutes later he knock on the door in walks magic johnson and I'm, no you know, I'm 21 years old. I've, I've grown up idolizing these guys, right? There I am shooting the bull with <laughs> Charles Barkley and Magic Johnson. And if that wasn't enough, like that should have been enough for me. Like I should have been like good, good to go, right? I opened my big mouth and I said, guys, like this is amazing, truly amazing night for me. But if either of you has Michael Jordan on speed dial and you just <laughs> call him real quick, that would really make my life complete. <laughs> you did not. I did. And they just looked at me like, you're such an idiot. But they were, they were, they were super humble and really great guys. Uh, so fun. And, uh, and then obviously later on in NBA, I got many more chances to get to know them and hang out with them. But as a college kid, that was, yeah, that was a, Oh, that must've been blowing your mind. For sure. It blew my mind. It was these two guys I grew up watching play. Um, but, uh, apparently they weren't enough. Apparently Jordan just would have, uh, 
in the trifecta. You just had to go there, didn't you? You <laughs> had to take had to go that there. further. Uh huh. Never, never enough for Griswold. Never enough. Never <laughs> enough. But uh, anyway, yeah. So Abby, I, I ended up uh, having some success there. Uh, my last year there, I won the UCA national mascot championship, and that's what kind of propelled me into pro sports. Um, I got noticed by some teams after that, and uh, so some people started kind of calling and, and, and recruiting me and I was again a friend of mine was like yeah you should go pro and I, I didn't even think about it after college I didn't think that was a thing I was busy uh majoring in electrical engineering and computer engineering of all things no so, uh, way I cannot imagine you doing that I know I got a double majored in a, the nerdiest thing you can think of and then uh yeah then I'm like no screw it I don't need to use my degrees let me go jump around for a casting so <laughs> <laughs> Man, I uh, I remember my dad telling my dad I was going to try out for to be Aubie, and he's like, "Oh, I don't know, that's a, that's a good idea, son. You know, it's going to take away from your studies." And I was like, "Dad, it's full tuition scholarship." And he's like, "Oh, well, go get him, son. You can do it." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it instantly changed it soon. And then same story two years later. I'm like, "Dad, I think I'm going to not use this wonderful degree that you and mom have helped me, you know, get, and uh, I'm just going to." go be a professional mascot, keep doing the mascot thing as a, as a job. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Is, is that a good idea? You're going to be living in my basement in a year? You know, you're going to be calling home for, for uh, rent money? I was like, no, dad, I think I can, I'm going to make more doing this than I would as an engineer in Alabama. And he was like, go get him, son. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, just so funny uh, how life leads you down these curvy paths you never thought you would get. But uh, I ended up kind of getting recruited by the Pistons out of college and went there in 04 and uh man never looked back and it was again it was something i thought i would do for maybe a couple of years i thought oh i'll just try out and see see how it goes maybe do it for a couple of years two or three years and then get out then i'll get a real job right i know you've heard heard many mascot a friend use that phrase before like hey what's your real job yeah but, uh, yeah i even had my changed my life i even had my in-laws ask me that <laughs> when, <laughs> when i first got this job so oh yeah oh yeah so ken um when are you gonna um now i know how long well how, I, when are you gonna get a real job <laughs> finally stop beating around the bush but you know it's 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 funny because i i had i think a lot of guys have the same thing they 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 get into it they start to love it they start to you know these all the guys in the pretty much all the guys in the nba fell into it and it's very in a very similar way. I did too. I thought I was going to do it for a couple of years. My dad was like, yeah, go do it. School will always be there, you know, go for it. <laughs> and uh, so I thought, oh, maybe Max, here I am 30 years later. Bang. But, <laughs> you know, and you're still going with it too. Yeah, that's right, man. Um, I spent uh, eight years with the Pistons and I guess simultaneously six years with the Shock. Uh, doing kind of double duty, you know, Pistons during the uh, fall through the summer and then doing the WNBA summer through fall. So, man, it was, it was 12 months a year nonstop. I did that for, I guess, uh, shock for six years and Pistons for eight years. And then um, I, yeah, I left the Pistons in 2012. It was a great run and had a blast and uh, enjoyed every minute of it, but always kind of dreamed about going on my own and doing my own thing. So now I run Epic Entertainment down in Austin, Texas. And we started our own character, uh, Kazoo the Dragon, big orange, big furry, fat orange dragon. And we take him to schools and churches and camps and uh, just try to use that to, to motivate and inspire kids. Um, I love it, man. That's amazing. That's amazing that you could actually break away. And you did as far as, it was your choice, right? To leave. Absolutely. 
Absolutely Detroit, it was. I yeah, could, and, I could have kept going. Yeah, I had a great relationship with the folks in Detroit, and uh, and really, it was a dream job. It really was. I, you know, I'll tell you some stories, and I know you got some too. But um, I just, um, I really, the, I was doing the the school assembly thing in Detroit. I, I designed some school assemblies up there. Uh, my good friend Aaron Smith was speaking those, and and had written an awesome show. And he and I were doing all these motivational shows around the inner city schools in Detroit. And the more we developed that, and I was, you know, starting to do some skits and we played games and just involved the crowd. And the more and more I was doing that, I just fell in love with that aspect of the job. And don't get me wrong, like performing for 22,000 screaming fans every night and, and doing crazy stunts and uh, skydiving and bungee jumping and all that risking my life kind of stuff, uh, that was definitely all really exciting. And I loved it. But the idea of using entertainment for positive impact just just kept me going. And the more I did it, the more I thought, man, I just want to do this part all the time. And, uh, and just uh, because of my faith, I really wanted to be able to uh, share the gospel with, with kids as well in churches and stuff like that in the community. And I knew if I ever wanted to do that, I kind of had to go out on my own. So um, that's, that's kind of where, where it led. And uh, while I love the time of the Pistons, I decided to kind of break away from that. And my wife, my wife and I, my wife was working for the Pistons as well. Amy, so Amy and I literally quit our jobs, sold our house, dropped everything and moved down to Texas and started this crazy adventure uh, almost eight years ago. And it has been an awesome journey. Were you ever nervous? Like, uh, or did you think, okay, this is it. And just, did it just start to roll? Or were you like, were you ever like, oh my gosh, okay, (laughs) we got to rethink this. Or what did we do? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Every, I think every entrepreneur has their ups and downs. I mean, you, you've got some other businesses you run. So I know oh, yeah. you've seen, you know, <laughs> like every other downs. day I'm like, Oh man, what did I do? What have I done? What have I done? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think every entrepreneur, every business owner, you know, questions themselves or second guesses. I've, I've had those days of like, Oh gosh, like what have I, what was I thinking? You know, man, I should just, I left this perfectly good job, this well-paying job that I loved <laughs> to, uh, to ride this crazy journey on my own. But you know what, man? Um, it's been awesome. Like, uh, I've, I've never looked back. God's been very faithful. And I've, uh, thankfully, we've always been profitable. And uh, I've, just, I've just tried to surround myself with people smarter than me, <laughs> to be honest. That's what they always and, say uh, to do. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, uh, they make me look good. And they, uh, they pick up. Uh, pick up my slack, I guess. So I've got a great team of folks. And uh, now I'm just, I'm training other performers and, and just kind of mentoring other mascots to go and do what we do. So um, that's been a cool transition for me. Kind of a weird one too, man, is like when you're with a team, when you're with, you know, your organization, you're the guy, you're the only guy, right? It's just you. I mean, some guys have backups maybe occasionally, but you know, I don't know about you, but even when I was with the Pistons, like when I would break my ankle, the doctor would cast me up and I would slip that thing, uh, like slip the costume on over my cast and I'd go do Hooper on crutches. Like the show would go on. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I had to do a couple games this uh, just a little while ago. I mean, deathly sick, not, not oh. deathly sick, but I mean, super, super sick. And at the same time, I've done, I, I agree. I, you're the guy, you got to go. You feel the obligation, the responsibility to the organization as well as your fans and things like, and the character to keep up and the character. Yeah. Yes. To keep up yes. the uh, um, consistency of character. Exactly. It's, it's right. I've done I it with a so cast on my foot. I've, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I felt so strong about that. Every time I had injury, man, my first season. Okay. So I'll, since, we, since we're talking about injuries, I can tell okay, you hold, stories there. Hold on, Taylor. Hold on one second. Before we get into this, I want to take oh, yeah. a quick break 
and do a little uh, shout out to our sponsor. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, I want to pause here and tell you a bit more about our sponsor, Alinko Costumes. Alinko is family-owned and operated. Their first pro costume was the San Diego Chicken. <laughs> and their first NBA costume was the Phoenix Suns Gorilla. Alinko's history dates back 100 years, and now they make over a 1,000 mascots a year, including high school, college, corporate, and pro teams. Needless to say, they know their stuff. They also stand by their work with the best warranty in the business. I swear I've called Jill at all times of the day, and she always answers. Alinko has earned my business, so I recommend you go where the pros go, alinkocostumes.com. Now, back to this episode. All right, man. Okay, so we're back. I, I, I got to hear some injury stories. Oh, man. Okay. You might be here a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you were one of those oh, yeah. mascots. I was one of those mascots. Yes, yes. I know. Like uh, Guys like Hessington and me definitely laugh about going hard and just abusing our bodies for the sake of the, of the character or for the sake of the fans. And we look back and we're like, man, maybe that wasn't so smart. But uh, yeah, okay, you, so Zarillo, Bob. <laughs> Zarillo, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah there's plenty of us, right? Yeah. Your devils with injuries. My first season, man, I, gosh, I think about some of the dumb stuff I did. My very first season, we were shooting a video. Um, first season, I guess, was 2004. The Pistons rebranded. They got rid of the old horse logo. It was like the basketball with a horse head coming out of it with the flaming hair. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. The Pistons, the reason they had Hooper in the first place back in the 90s was, you know, Motor City, horsepower. So it was the, that kind of spin on uh, horsepower. But when they changed the logo to just be like that red and blue basketball, they got rid of the horse head. They're like, oh, so they, there started to be rumors of like, oh, we're going to get rid of Hooper. We're going to get rid of the horse mascot. So we actually played into it and we made it this whole like marketing campaign. We're like, so we did it. We call it Save Hooper. We're like, it's a Save Hooper campaign. Like, save my job. So we started doing all these viral videos around town of like, if Hooper lost his job, like, what other jobs could I do? <laughs> and so one of the, one of the random jobs that I you know, pretended to apply for was to be a personal trainer at a gym. And so I'm, you know, doing all the clown around at the gym, doing all the workout stuff. And, uh, one one joke that we thought we'd do, like one fizzle stunt, was I'm running on a treadmill. I'm showing my, you know, trainee, like, all right, here's how you, you know, run the treadmill. I'll show you how it's done. So I, I shove him off. I'm like, no, let me show you how, how you do it. I jump on the treadmill, and you know, I'm supposed to just take a pratfall, run, fly off the back of the treadmill, and that's that. Right. This is this is, you know, I'm brand new to the league. I've been there a few months. I have no experience in like production, post-production, video editing, shooting, uh, dealing with producers. I knew nothing. I just knew I'm a mascot. I'm supposed to be crazy. I'm supposed to just abuse my body for the sake of the video. So what I did realize was I could have turned the treadmill on at one mile an hour, really slow, taken the fall, slowly gone off the back, and then the editor could have sped it up in editing. But no, I turned on full speed, 10 miles an hour, start running, and I just, I just look at him, give him a thumbs up, like, you rolling? He's like, we're rolling. And I just splat it, just fell down, full speed running treadmill. I mean, my hand went down, that treadmill just snapped my entire hand back. I no fly off way. the back, fly off the back, and I'm just like, immediately run to the dressing room, take my head off. I'm like, well, broke all my fingers. <laughs> no editor, way. My editor, Chris, ran in there, he's like, dude. 
you know, I could have sped that up in editing, right? Like, you didn't have to do it so fast. Now you tell me. Come on, man. Now you tell me. Like, where were you five seconds ago? Yeah. So, broke my hand. Like, broke all the fingers of my left hand. And uh, the, the doctor made me this temporary cast that I could still fit my glove, my Hooper glove, on top of. And I did every game with this broken hand. And fans would, like, try to high-five me. Brother. Oh, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that was yeah. just brutal. Yep. Yep, but uh, I've learned much more about video editing since that day. <laughs> now, of course, I now, think we've like, all taken uh, taken falls like that and and thought, oh yeah, wait a minute, there was probably a smarter way. There was a better way, yes. And now, of course, everybody, every kid has a you know slow mo setting on their iPhones. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, but uh, gosh, fast forward to man, not even. This is still my first year. My first year at the Pistons. It's the last game, last game of regular season. And we're doing Hooper bowling. You know, gosh, you know, that's just ripe for injury right there. Oh, yeah. Bowling. Oh, yeah. Oh, had, yeah. By the way, some. by the way, we're doing that this weekend out in Detroit. I'm, le- I'm flying out there tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. To do, yes, uh, to we do should, Hooper's uh, birthday. And we're doing Hooper, slingshot we bowling. That, we should mention uh, the connection here because uh, I'm, I'm super excited that your very own son is now the new Hooper, the newest, uh, I guess, steed in the stable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's my boy. Yeah. So he's, I'm going out for uh, for Hooper's birthday and hanging out with my boy. Yes. Uh, I can't wait. Already already going to be do a way better job than I did. <laughs> no, <laughs> so, no, no, no. But that's he, awesome. he, you know what, though? We were talking the other day about the groundwork that you laid when you were there with the school shows and things like that. Uh, he, he, he was telling me how literally blessed he is that – so much of that was already set up. Uh, and because of that, he's actually um, benefiting financially as well because of the situation and, and the, the way they structured his deal and things like that. Uh, so, you know, I, I got to thank you personally. You know, that's my boy and everything, but you'll probably get a thank you note at some point. So all that well, hard just work. Just tell him when you see him this weekend. Boy, so I appreciate it. When you see him this weekend, just, uh, just tell him I'm expecting my commission check in the mail next week. <laughs> I've already told him that for me too. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I'll looking for those royalties. Yeah, right. You you should deserve that check too. Yes, that's coming soon for your retirement plan, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Just start writing checks, pal. Yeah, but man, uh, that's uh, that last season, uh, the uh, last game of the regular season, we were doing Hooper bowling, and you know we we would get a fan out of the uh, random fan out of the stands. And they would get to bowl me, uh, and if I took a strike, they would want a prize from like one of our sponsors, right? And the fan, uh, we put the bungee cord, you know, behind my back. I sit on the cart. I'm good to go. Thumbs up. And last second, right before, again, this bungee cord is stretched. For any of your listeners who haven't seen this thing before, you know, the two guys run out of the court. It's stretched, you know, probably three fourths the way of a basketball court. Super stretched bungee cords. The guy at the very last second, instead of holding it against my lower back, he stands up and let's go of the pad behind right behind the back of my head no oh that's that's asking me for it right there that God, right behind my head so yeah that scares as me as soon as he lets go man the sheer force of these bungee cords rips my head off like hooper's head and sends the head just projectile flying what? to sanatorium in the air that rips all the glue everything off of the interior helmet i'm still wearing the helmet inside but the head goes flying in the center court splats on the center court and the force of the bungee cord sends me face first down into the hardwood so i splat face first 
into no. the court. And I smack down face first and I open my eyes and I'm like, something's wrong here. I can see way <laughs> Everything. too well. Like, it is really somebody, bright. It's really bright, really bright. And then I look ahead, I see the head. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I dive for the head, I grab it, stick it back on. Meanwhile, my boss is on the headset, you know, the game house director is yelling, do it again, bowl again. So we grab, you know, we grab the cart, run back, sit down. Here we go, round two. And, you know, my- Wait, uh, isn't the head just sitting on your helmet at this point? Or was it like a- barely. It's like barely kind of velcroed and stuck on there. It's barely sitting on there. Like I'm like oh a bobblehead. Oh my gosh. I'm a, I'm a bobblehead doll. So it's already, you know, asking for more disaster, but they're yelling, bowl again, do it again. You know, we still got more time. Get, get, get this over with and get out of there. That's all I can so think. I, sit, I know. I sit down on the cart again. I'm like, oh great, here we go. And my, my friend Tim, Tim Damron was like, yells at the fan, like hold it lower, hold it lower. So they stretch the bungee cord again. The guys run down the cord. I hang on for dear life. Your head guy, just came off, dude. The, the head just came off. I, yeah. Did, how, how are we overlooking this? <laughs> how is your game ops guy overlooking this? How are we still going on with the bit? Oh my gosh. Okay, go ahead. You know, uh, you know um, I was talking to Rob Wycall a while back and he and I were joking about just the fact that we're so used to telling these stories like, oh yeah, then my head fell off and then, oh yeah, then I almost died. It, to a normal person, like that's not normal. But for a mascot, you know, for a guy that's done it 30 years, you're like, uh, oh yeah, you know, I broke my back and I jumped off the upper pole. And it's just, yeah, you don't think about the weirdness that it is to say, and then I lost my head. Yeah. <laughs> if my head wasn't but, attached. Yeah, right. If my head wasn't attached. Um, I think about that, uh, gosh, was it in high school? Um, I learned that Rudyard Chipling poem, or it's called If, like, if you can keep your head about you when all of, around you are losing theirs, you'll be a man. <laughs> like, yeah, I couldn't, definitely couldn't keep my head in Detroit. Uh, but I sit down for that second ride. The guy, he, they yell, hold it lower. And the guy then puts it so low, he puts it underneath the cart. Like oh. on the cart, not on my butt, not on my backside, but the cart. So they let go. You can guess what happens. The cart goes flying out from underneath me. The cart goes flying to center court. And it sends me straight down on my back. I go backwards, flip over, <sighs> flip over backwards on my head. The head comes off again. No, crowd, come on. The crowd is screaming. Kids are crying. It's just a disaster. Mayhem. Dogs and cats yes. living together. Meanwhile, my boss is my like game off director is still yelling, "Do it again, bowl again. We gotta no. save this thing." So I run oh. my head again. Put the head on again. We get the cart. Third time's a charm, right? Surely, surely. And my friend Tim, who is kind of managing the court at this point, uh, he shoves the fan out of the way. He's like, "I'll just do it." But we're almost out of time, so he's in such a hurry he doesn't aim me at the pins. So he just lets go. I go flying down the court, you know, like you're supposed to. I just miss every single pin. I'm just waving at them like, bye pins. There you go. Bye pins. And I crash into the VIP seats behind the stanchion. No. Oh, my gosh. And at this point, the entire crowd starts to chant, Hooper sucks. Hooper can't bowl. Hooper sucks. Hooper can't bowl. And uh, my lasting thought from that (laughs) after in the dressing room was this. When you see a professional bowler get a gutter ball, do you blame the ball? Because <laughs> I'm the ball. I'm not the ball. I'm, I'm not a girl here. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was the end of my first season. Was uh, getting, oh, getting my, my head gosh. shot off after the yeah right before playoffs. So um, sadly, uh, but also funnily enough, it wasn't the only time I lost my head. Um, so like yourself, I am a big thrill seeker and love to skydive. 
I know that's something that you have been into for a long love time. It. Love like it, love me, it. Like me. Yes. Well, the first time I ever skydived was actually as Aubie. I uh, went in college and uh, didn't tell our advisor. We just went and did it and then showed her the video later and she freaked out. <laughs> but she was like, glad you didn't ask me first. But I loved it. I loved it as Aubie. And I was like, man, I got to do this in Detroit when I got the Detroit job. So I found a friend, I found a guy that would uh, take me up and uh, decided to go diving. The first jump, we did not factor in the severe uh, wind pressure that would happen with that big horse head, the big nose. And we jumped out about 14,000 feet. We get about halfway down. It's about halfway down. And the head, the wind pressure just completely rips the head off. And the head goes flying down and splats on the runway. And I, no. man, it was the prettiest view ever. I got to watch it just soar down as I'm slowly parachuting down without my head on. <laughs> but, uh, so uh, funny enough, my boss, oh my, gosh. Uh, my boss Diane, has never heard has never heard this part of the story. She she's seen the video. She's seen me go skydiving, but I never told her. I was so afraid that I would get in such big trouble because those heads are thousands of dollars, right? And I'm I'm you know barely been there a year or two when I did this uh, this shoot, uh, but yeah, the head flies off again and splats on the runway. So man, we went to crazy lengths to get that thing to stay on. We drilled holes in the cheeks. We bolted it down to my to my shoulders to like my harness and my shoulders. I jump out, we jump out a second time and the wind pressure, like the nose was so big, the wind pressure whips it around and the camera guy, you know, the, the other diver with the camera is like, Hooper, look at me, look at me. And he's trying to make eye contact with the camera, but I can't because my head is like whipped around all the way, you know, around my back. So third time we go jump, we sewed the mouth shut. We bolt the uh, chin to my chest. <laughs> it took like four <laughs> jumps to finally get that video to get the right footage where the head stayed on and I could actually look at the camera. I'm like, Man, I still have never told Diane that story. So Diane, just in case you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about the uh, sorry about that first Hooper head. Um, but uh, Diane's still there, and uh, I tell you what, Garrett loves she her. Is. She's yeah. she's awesome. She's so. awesome. Yeah, she was great. I love her. I'm so glad she's still there. And yeah, she sounds to, uh, awesome. To I can't wait too. to. I think uh, I don't know if I've met her yet, actually. Well, hey, if you meet her this Anyways. weekend, tell her uh, you can tell her the story before she hears the podcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'll just uh, throw you under the bus there. But yeah, Taylor sheepishly told me he's never let you know about that incident. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I've ever told anybody. I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've shared this on this podcast where uh, that I went skydiving and my chute didn't open. I had a problem with my chute. Yeah. Oh yeah. You told me that. Yeah. Tell, but tell the listener. That's a good one. I don't know. Um, okay. Real quick. So, uh, the, uh, place where I go skydiving was like, Hey, can you be a celebrity jumper? We're going to have a, a, uh, a competition here, uh, you know, in a month or two or whatever. And Hey, you can have as many jumps as you want getting in you know, prepared for this and, and everything. So I figured it out with, um, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, some of the other, you know, master skydivers and everything on how to do this and, and everything. And uh, I practiced, I practiced in costume and everything. And what I would do is I, I I'd jump out and I do a hop and pop where, you know, you just jump out sideways so that the prop blast is, you know, hitting you right in the face. And uh, then you just, you immediately pull and the, the, um, your pilot chute catches you know catches the air whatever it flies back and immediately it'll pull the pin on your container and open up your parachute and pull the parachute out right so uh practice this a bunch and everything but i also practiced with the head strapped to clipped to my chest strap mm -hmm. and so what i would do is 
jump out. This was the plan. I mean, I did this several times. Jump out, pull, get under canopy, make sure, do all the checks and everything. And okay, so I'm by myself, by the way, uh, licensed and everything. I don't have, uh, uh, you know, I'm not going tandem. And so I would jump out. And by the way, my company didn't know about this either. So, <laughs> yeah, that was some years ago when, uh, yeah, yeah. I was, you know, I was, I had a little bit more, uh, free reign. Anyway, so I jumped said out. said before, forgiveness, not permission. Exactly. Forgiveness, exactly. not permission. <laughs> I would not do this nowadays. So, um, anyway, so I jump out, uh, or when it comes to, yeah. So what I would do is I jump out, check my canopy's correct. Everything's good. Then I'd put the head on and float down and land. So, um, but on the day of the competition, they gave me a smaller plane to jump out of, which has a smaller door. Uh, but I was so used to jumping out sideways <laughs> that I was like, okay, how am I going to figure How I got my container. I got the head on the front of me. I'm really a wide load. So I thought, ah, oh, I think I can do it. So green light happens. There's a crowd down there, by the way, in grandstands. And I jump oh, no. out just as usual. I got my hand on the ball to pitch and I jump out sideways, but my container hits the back of the door. So I spin out the door. So now yeah. I'm pitching into the prop blast. Okay. So the air is just so strong. I throw it out there. Well, it doesn't go anywhere. It comes right back at me. Right. And then all of a sudden I start plummeting. And I'm literally falling with my back towards the, towards the ground. I'm looking up at the plane going away and nothing's happening. All I hear is a bunch of flapping and I'm panicking. I actually see a guy run to the door of the plane. Like he was going to jump out and then he's like, uh, uh, not, you know, not worth and, it. <laughs> yeah. And he told me later, he's like, yeah, I was, I was thinking about jumping out and everything. But by the time I got to you, it was, I was only at 4,000 feet. So it was a quick, oh, wow. like, like really it's quick. Yeah. Really quick. Yeah. The ground yeah. comes quick at that point. So yep. he's like, I, I just went to have time. So anyways, I am panicking. I'm going through all the, you know, oh my gosh, what do I do? What do I do? Uh, do I, do I cut away or do I just, you know, do I just pull my reserve? I don't know. You know, I don't know what to do because I didn't, if I just pulled my reserve, I didn't want it to get caught in my main chute. Uh, if I cut away, does that even make a difference? You know, I don't, I'm like, I'm panicking. So, um, like literally, I, I don't know what to do, but I'm still holding the head <laughs> that's strapped to my chest. <laughs> I'm holding that down and I'm just like, uh, 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 uh. I mean, I'm almost hyperventilating. I'm like, crap, what do I do? What do I do? Try to go everything through it, go through everything in my mind. And all of a sudden, everything just went calm. And it was like, I don't know, it wasn't a voice or anything, but the, the, the clear thought came to my mind, find your pilot chute. And everything like got calm and quiet. And it was like, yeah, where's my pilot chute? So I looked all over and it was tucked on my arm and I, I, I grabbed it. I, I pulled it out and I, it was wrapped around my neck. I remember unwrapping it from my neck and everything. And then I just tossed it out to the side, like, okay, here we go. I think it's good. Toss it out there. Sure enough. Boom. That caught air in no time. Flipped me over. My, my canopy was opening <laughs> at that point. <gasps> yes. 
Thank yes. you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. And the ground, I swear I was only, I was a short ways up. And, uh, at that point, so I threw the head on, I was so excited that I, I did my approach. I came over this pond. There was a, there was a pond there. I was supposed to land on the other side of the pond. I come down. I was so excited to be close to the ground that, um, I, I actually put on the brakes. <laughs> I flared too soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like, like, just get me down. And no, nah, that was the wrong things. So I, I actually flared. It's called flaring. It's called, you know, mm -hmm. it's throwing on the brakes. And sure enough, I was still about 10 feet off the ground, higher than I should have been. And then I just dropped like just 10 <laughs> feet. Wham! Uh, like, yes. like, anyways, ended up breaking my hand. But I was, uh, I was happy with that. So, right. It's like, we'll take that as a consolation. I'll take you, that. Get to, you get to live. You get to live. Yes. Yes. I will take that any day. Uh, break the yeah. other one if you want to, but yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Take so, other. you know what, speaking of, I'll just throw in another injury one out there. Speaking sure. of dropping 10 feet. So, uh, way back, uh, way early, I used to get up on the hoop. I used to get up on the hoop before the game or during the game, even sometimes. Um, at a timeout, but um, it was mainly after the game. Get up, all, you know, up on the hoop and wave to everybody as they leave, and then I'd jump down. Well, one day I was thinking, yeah. oh, man, it's not really that far. I'm all, <laughs> and I'm all jazzed up. I'm so excited we just won. I'm so excited. I'm just going to jump off. <laughs> yep. So I didn't swing off the hoop. I literally, like, jumped up off the hoop. That's so 10 feet. That's a long way. Oh my gosh. I fell so much further than I expected. Wham, right on my feet, literally shattering both of my heels. Uh, both. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Both. One way more than the other one. So I broke one heel. I, you know, it, it's all like, it's like a sponge. Your heel is like a sponge. Oh, yeah. Uh, as far as a bone goes, you know, and so just, thousands of micro fractures but my other one was really bad i ended up having to wear a cast and uh do games with a cast on my foot so <laughs> i can definitely empathize with that man i uh gosh i broke my ankle i broke my ankle a couple of times a couple of different times in in detroit um and and then many <laughs> many sprains i've torn every ligament and tendon in my two ankles uh from dunking and stunts and but one particular one uh, was, gosh, what year was that? Um, probably around, it was kind of later, later in my time. I'd, <laughs> I'd broken it early, like earlier at a practice uh, one time before uh, when we were just starting the dunk team. Uh, well, that's, yeah, that was, gosh, that was at a rehearsal. First time I broke it, we were, uh, we just started the dunk team. It was me, you know, blind leading the blind. I had me and a couple of high school kids, uh, like high school college kids that, I just trained. They were awesome. They were great guys and, you know, tried really hard, but it was definitely, I had no idea what I was doing. I bought a trampoline. I got a mat. I'm like, Oh, we'll figure this out. Right. It's like, they said, Hey, can you dunk? And I said, well, I'll figure it out. So, um, we, we got a couple of ragtag guys from the, uh, WNBA dance team. I'm like, Hey, you guys want to jump off trampolines, dunk basketball? They said, that sounds great. So, um, it was definitely, I had no idea what I was doing, but I'm like, come on guys, it'll be fun. So, that first year, yeah, we were at a practice and, uh, you know, we were doing a tandem dunk. I think there was like five of us total. And I think I was first and last second. I was like, oh, I think I'll go last. Like, I'll, I'll finish, you know, I'll catch it and finish. So first three guys go, no problem. And we're this old, like old dusty facility. 
off-site, not the business facility, like random, random, you know, public gym kind of thing. And floor is like dirty and, you know, just slick. And the fourth guy hits the, uh, you know, hits the pass, throws the pass off the, off the glass. He hits the mat. When he hits the mat, it, his weight, it kicks the mat out from underneath the goal. It just oh, slid. The mat just yeah. totally slid. Been just there. immediately slid. And I go up. I'm not looking down, right? I'm looking up at the ball. I catch the ball, go under the leg, you know, slam it down. And I didn't even look. It came straight down the hardwood court and just, boom, broke it. So that was the first time. And then fast forward probably, I don't know, six years later, something like that. And uh, we had a Christmas game. And every year, the, uh, my dunk team, they were called the flight crew. Uh, Hooper and the flight crew would always do, you know, slamming Santas, right? We'd always do these holiday costumes. So every year, right. all of us I've would dress up in Santa Claus costumes. Yeah. And uh, seen it. if having one layer of fur on wasn't enough, I'm like, well, I'll just have Hooper wear a Santa Claus suit too. So it's me dressed in Hooper, dressed in Santa. So I've got two thick layers of fur on. Uh, I could have just worn a, a hat, you know, pinned a little Santa hat to my head and been good, right? But right. no, I wanted to match. I wanted to be on stubborn. I'm like, no, we're all going to be slamming Santas. So we go out there for the show and do the show. Overachiever. Overachiever. Got to do it. Yeah. Uh, it's never enough. Um, nobody's telling me to do this, right? It's not, not like my Game House crew is like, oh, no, you must be in a Santa Claus costume. I would wear that Santa suit the entire game. Like, Hooper would be Santa for, like, every December <sighs> game. Uh, just sweating my butt off for no good reason. Like, again, people would have been fine with the hat. Hat would have been enough. Mm-hmm. But we're doing, the, we're doing the dunk show. Everything's going great. The final <laughs> dunk of the show, we got the whole crew lined up for a big tandem dunk. There's probably, I don't know, six, seven guys, whatever it is, six or eight guys. And I'm first, and I'm supposed to do a branny off the trampoline. I'm first, and we're going to do, like, everybody's going to do brannies. I think it was, like, all brannies, and then somebody finishes. So it's basically, like, you know, if somebody doesn't know, if your listeners aren't sure, it's just basically, like, a round off, you know, like a half twist in the air. Well, I run down. I hit the trampoline. I, you know, I'm supposed to just wait till I get upside down to twist. I twisted way too early and basically did a helicopter move, like a big old flying cartwheel helicopter off to the right side and just fly way off the side my right foot barely lands on the mat so i'm good but my left foot totally misses the mat goes straight down the hardwood court and just uh, hits my talus bone and just fractures it just multiple parts my talus bone is destroyed i still i still got the pass off and somehow they still made the dunk so there's a happy ending i guess <laughs> I still made the dunk. <laughs> so good for that really for that right uh, everything for the show man show it's all for the show it's all for the show right my uh my coach told me to break a leg and i took him literally so <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah i hobbled off the court the crowd had no idea i was able to kind of like just hobble off and you know limp off and people didn't realize and I got back to the dressing room and man, I, uh, yeah, I broke that talus bone in multiple pieces and the doctor told me I, I almost, like I almost never walked again. The doctor told me it was like beyond repair, couldn't even do surgery or screws. And, uh, that was, that was a real low point. That was definitely like, oh man, cause you know, you're as a mascot, your, your whole career, you feel like your whole career hinges on your creative abilities and your physical abilities. And without the physical ability to perform, it's like, well, you're, yeah, you're what done. else do you have? You, yeah. What else do you have? And like we were talking about earlier, the difference between what I'm doing now versus Detroit and you is like when you're the, the pro, you're the guy. You're the only guy. And if you're down, then there's nobody else. Uh, now with, with, with Epic, with Kazoo, our character now, I'm training up other mascots and we're sending out multiple teams and we're kind of uh, you know uh, replicating the model and sending out multiple guys to do it, which is great. 
So it's not, it's no longer about me. It's more about the character and about the show. Um, but in, in Detroit, man, when I broke that ankle, when I broke that foot, I was, I mean, I thought I was done. I thought, oh, career's over. But uh, miraculously, I, I healed up naturally. We put it in a cast. I was in a cast for probably like three or four months, but the oh. doctor made it like red, red and blue stripes, like pistons. We did a whole uh, campaign around it. We made like one of those six foot tall greeting cards, like a get well card for Hooper. And, uh, you know, I was doing meet and greets at hospitals and, uh, you know, visiting other sick kids or injured kids. And uh, we turned it into kind of some PR and uh, the crowd rallied behind me and kids were like signing my cast and, um, and it turned out fine. But I was doing all the games on crutches, just doing every game on crutches. I did, I even did one appearance like in a wheelchair. I was like, I cannot believe the Pistons are letting me do this, but they were so kind. Like I really have to give them credit. Like my leadership, they were so patient and kind between all my injuries, breaking my hand, breaking my foot, whatever hurt my knee. They, they, they never, I never once felt like my job was in jeopardy. They, they allowed me to continue to just perform through the injuries. But I think they saw that. They saw that I, I deeply cared and I wanted to continue on. I never wanted to miss a game. Well, I think it's a combination of that and the fact that they, they have vision. They had vision, whatever. I mean, they, they, they could see that this, you know, take this negative, make it a positive. And, you know, between, you know, the, your willingness and desire to get out there and keep performing, <laughs> you know, that would translate to the crowd, first of all. And then to have, um, you know, to turn this into a positive. I mean, you, you going to hospitals, come on, you're going to connect with kids better, actually, I'll bet. So, you know. Yeah, it was great. There's, it was there's great. Just, uh... it, gives a whole different perspective and dynamic to the character. So my hat's off to, to both of you, both the company and you for, for uh, pushing through that like that. Well, it so. was uh, man, you know, you look back and I'm like, man, did I really have to wear those so many layers of fur? Did I have to do the flip? Could I just have you know, done a simple bounce pass? It, you know, it's easy to look in hindsight and second guess yourself, but yeah, man, when you're like, that's you what said, pros do. That's what, you know, like, you're, yeah. at, at this level, you know, mm-hmm. you, you've got to have that kind of, you know, dedication, take it to the next level type of, of stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm always, I'm telling my boys as they, you know, developing and, and, and you know, their characters and things like that, that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's this passion. It's the, it's whatever you do, make it bigger, you know, yeah. or, or Push the next level, Yeah, take it to the next level or, or on the other hand, take a big thing and make it small go the other way with it too you know yeah. sometimes a small movement you know instead of making it big go even smaller you know that type of thing so um there's there's a you know i i don't want to sound like i'm all that and everything but but you know as you know there's a there's a uh, there's a mindset that you that you develop and that you have to have and and you also have that have to have that desire to uh, really just do your best and, and show everybody that you, you're giving it your all. It really is, man. I, I think I'm so, uh, I talk to people about that a lot when they talk, when they ask me about mascotting and why I pursued that and why I gave up, uh, you know, the idea of a good stable job in engineering or whatever, or uh, I just, it, I was so passionate about performing, about entertaining, about bringing people joy, about making an impact with the character, about uh, being a part of something bigger than myself and it, man, it really is true. No matter what career people are pursuing, if it is mascotting or something else, like if you love what you do and you're passionate about it, uh, I feel like if people chase money, you know, if you're just chasing money, you're not going to be successful and you're not going to be happy. But if you are truly passionate about what you do and you follow those passions, literally, 
I was doing as a mascot, as a pro mascot, I was getting to do things that I, as a, as a five, six, seven year old dreamed about doing like that, that I would say, Oh, I want to be a professional basketball player. I want to be a professional break dancer. I want to be a professional comedian. Whatever these things were like, I go skydiving. Childhood, <laughs> yeah. I want to, I want to be, you know, the rest of my life and take crazy, do crazy stunts. All those things I dreamed of doing as a little kid, I, I got to do it and, and get to do it as a mascot. So yeah, I, I tell everybody like follow those passions, do what you love and uh, the money will follow, the success will follow. Uh, it's not about that. That's the takeaway. There it is. Mic drop. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> oh, my Boom. God. There's the, there's the takeaway. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, Taylor, it's so awesome to, to catch up with you. Um, I got to start wrapping this up, but I hate to because – Somebody's got a game tonight. Yeah, I got, yeah, I actually have to run to a game. I, I, got, <laughs> I was down me. there early. I'm actually kind of worn out right now. I was, <laughs> I was practicing a stunt earlier today, and, and uh, oh, man, came home kind of, uh, kind of tired and, and uh, muscles a little bit uh, strained. But uh, eh, it's probably just my age. It's my age. Suck, but, suck it up, Buttercup. <laughs> suck it up. I got a game tonight. Put me in, Coach. But uh, no, nah, so I, I actually got to get going and uh, get to get to the arena. But man, it's so good to talk to you, man. It's been a blast, man. Thanks up. for putting up with my stories. Yeah, I love oh, it. Oh man, love it. Priceless. I will have you on again. Count on it. Yes, many more uh, losses of head coming. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. Well, I appreciate you sharing all that stuff with us, man. And uh, hey, everybody else, thanks for listening to Between the Fur. Uh, I love doing this podcast. Love to connect with my friends. Like, and, like uh, subscribe, share. Follow yes. Ken. He's awesome. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the plug, man. No, I, and if you want to check, uh, check out uh, Kazoo the Dragon, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, sure. We're uh, Epic Entertainment, epicentertainment.com or online. Uh, we're just Epic Texas uh, or Epic.Entertainers on like, TikTok and Facebook. There you go. Right on. Look him up. He's a pro. So, <laughs> all right, brother. Professional, professional what, though? Professional idiot? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not in my mind, man. You're a pro. Love it. Can't put my wings. I need my